With your permission, Lord. Fridays, throughout the station, throughout the season of Lent, Lord, we have this opportunity to reflect with you and to be with you in this time of prayer and to meditate more deeply upon the stations of the cross, um, or as it's more aptly called, the, the way of the cross, the via crucis. Um, in our time of prayer tonight, as we, you know, whatever thoughts come up into our hearts, whatever ways uh, we want to just talk to the Lord, um, particularly about this, this way of the cross, Via Crucis, that, Lord, it's not just about, about stations and, and the prayers of the devotion, but rather it's an entire way. It's, it's the path that we walk. It's about the fact that the, the way that we follow you is with the cross, and that to walk with you along the way allows our, our daily lives and our daily time with you to become our own way of the cross, that we accompany you in your suffering and you accompany us throughout every day, uh, every moment of every day. And so during these Fridays in Lent, Lord, we have this opportunity to pray with you a little bit more about, about this way, the, the path that you trace out for us and the different stops along the way, the different um, things that you have to teach us in our own lives and in our own way of the cross, uh, the way that we can imitate you more fully. The very first, the beginning of the way of the cross is that you, Lord, our Lord Jesus, is condemned to death. And any of us, you know, our Lord, he spends the night alone in his agony, and he... um, He prays there in the garden, praying to the Father, knowing what's about to happen. And our Lord is arrested in the night. Um, It's in the dead of night, and, you know, it's the, we hear, we can, it's from John's Gospel. So Judas, procuring a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, went out with lanterns, torches, and weapons. They go to confront our Lord Jesus with lanterns, torches, and weapons. The Prince of Peace, this is. This is our Lord, who's, um, you know, they just, less than a week before, were hailing Hosanna to the son of David and going out with palm branches to lay down before him. And now that's been exchanged for lanterns, torches, and weapons in the dead of night. Um, Nothing, nothing good happens in the dead of night. There's nothing upright. Again, this is Jesus, the light of the world. And there's a particular detail. And some of these things, you know, they come up in the readings, particularly on Good Friday as we meditate upon the Passion. But something to know about our Lord throughout the entire Via Crucis is that our Lord is totally in control. He's totally composed and he's totally in control. And so there's even that scene when he's arrested that he comes forward. He goes out to meet them. You know, he doesn't try to run away. He's not trying to hide. Uh, but he goes out to meet them with their lanterns, torches, and weapons. He says, whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus told them, I am he. And when he said this, they fell to the ground. Right? The, this crowd that thinks they're so tough with their lanterns, torches, and weapons falls to the ground at simply him saying, uh, I am he. I am. The divine name that our Lord wields all the power of divinity. He is God himself. 
And as he said, no one takes my life from me. I lay, I lay it down freely. This, that first interrogation where they, he, all he says is, I am he, and boom, they crash to the ground. What it shows us, Lord, is that you enter into this time of prayer, this time of suffering willingly. No one, this isn't an accident. Rather, um, you're entering in willingly. Uh, the lamb led to the slaughter. By your own volition, you have the total power to escape. Just another word, and they would all crash to the ground. But rather, you undergo this out of love for us. And then our Lord suffers a trial by night. Um, that they bring him in, and they're questioning him in the middle of the night. And anyone who's seen um, The Passion of the Christ, which we'll reference a number of times throughout these meditations, um, knows that it is the dead of night. It's just, you know, Caiaphas and Annas and their cronies. And... Um, and our Lord is the victim of, of tremendous injustice. And it only gets worse, because after the trial by night, uh, they bring our Lord to Pilate. And Pilate questions him. And, you know, our Lord here, um, again, there's a, there's a beautiful little detail showing his total power. Uh, when you watch The Passion of the Christ, and if you've ever just watched it, and like most of us who don't speak Aramaic, we watch all the subtitles, but when our Lord is brought into to Pilate's, um, into the praetorium to be questioned by Pilate, he switches, and instead of Pilate tries to talk to him in, in Aramaic, and our Lord responds in Latin. Um, and again, for those of us that are just accustomed to reading the subtitles, our ears may not pick that up, but again, Jesus is in charge. He's in control. Uh, that's just a little detail Mel Gibson threw in there, which I think is, is very, just shows, like, you know, who's... Who's really in charge here? Like, God's in charge. And our Lord even says, you have no power over me. Um, you know, you have no power over me. My Father can send 10,000 angels, right? And so our Lord um, is so in control there. Um, but he's questioned by Pilate. And, and Pilate here, who's this brutal kind of figure, um, but is also, in this, in this case, is totally weak. He's cowed by the crowd, and he... Um, and he knows Jesus is innocent, right? Uh, again, that's another detail that um, John throws in here, that, that he knows that Jesus is an innocent man, and he seeks to release him. Um, but the, he's afraid of the crowd. And there's a one particular tragic moment in Pilate's, um, in Pilate's dialogue with the crowd. Uh, again, these are the chief priests and the elders and the scribes. And Pilate went out to them, and this is after our Lord had been scourged, and he went out to them and said, Here is your king, Eche uh, Rex, uh, behold your king. And they say, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. We have no king but, uh, this is the Jewish people. Who's the king of Israel? God. God is the king of Israel. How tragic is it now when God's own people, like his people, of whom he is king, this is the king. We have no king but Caesar. There's no, there's no power over us except earthly power, um, political power. We have no king but Caesar. And as much as we, as Christians, followers of our Lord, as much as we kind of say that, that whatever the kings or queens in our lives are, whatever the, the, the powers to which we bow down, around which we, you know, 
change our priorities. We have no king but Caesar. You know, there's so many times, I remember a few years ago, um, there's a big thing about um, Catholic colleges playing in March Madness on Good Friday, right? And these colleges are like, oh, of course, if we're, if we're in March Madness, right, we'll play on Good Friday. Like, we have, we have no king but the NCAA or fame or a trophy, right? This is a regular refrain. We have no king but our own comfort. Um, we have no king um, but what other people think about us or our grades, right? And we have no, we have no king but Caesar. We are God's people. Christ is our king. Lord Jesus Christ, king of the universe. In the midst of all of this, um, our Lord accepts this tremendous injustice. And it's important for us to, to really call this what it is. This is an act of injustice. Um, there is the, the civil authorities and the religious authorities are meant to uphold justice uh, and right order and innocence and guilt. And when we are confronted, um, many of us, you know, if we are confronted with injustice, um, we revolt, right? This, this isn't fair. Uh, it was possible through some error at some point along the way that my uh, registration on my car was going to expire. And if that happens, particularly around here with the university, they have the, the things that go off when your registration is expired because of a lack of insurance payment, whatever. So it was this whole thing. I'm like, I paid my insurance, right? And, and if I had been pulled over and they had wanted to impound my brand new car, uh, that'd be an injustice. And I would, I would probably throw a little bit of a, a temper tantrum because this is not fair. Right? That's, that's one of the children get that from the very beginning. This is not fair. Right? Um, children usually have a keen sense of justice, that fairness, rightness. Right? And we revolt against that when we are treated with what we perceive to be injustice. When we're, when we're treated in a way that we don't think is, is fair, is right, is keeping with with right order and right reason and our rights and our what's due. Again, I, I'm reading uh, right now, actually, reading and listening on an audiobook to The Count of Monte Cristo, which is so tragic in the beginning. This young man who seems to have everything going for him is unjustly accused of a crime and through the malice of a few particular individuals um, ends up spending 17 years in prison, uh, forgotten. A lot, you know, he'd spend the rest of his life there if it weren't for uh, uh, happenstance. And you're just reading it, your heart sinks with the injustice of, of how the corruption and the evil and the malice. Well, how much more so with our Lord, who is innocent, who's totally innocent, who has never sinned, ever. Uh, they, they bring false testimony against him. Um, and the, the religious and civic leaders um, totally fail to do their duty with regard to him, and they, they condemn him to death. Again, not just some time in prison. They condemn him to death, uh, knowing him to be innocent. Our Lord accepts this tremendous injustice in this first stop along the Via Crucis, the way of the cross. And he teaches us, um, in the midst of that, that he sanctifies those who are treated unjustly. Uh, he sanctifies, he makes injustice a stop along the way by which we can 
identify with him, uh, by which we can suffer injustice now with our Lord. You know, we, it's in some spiritual book, it's probably from St. Jose Maria, um, when we suffer some um, penance or something like that, or even some injustice that we should say, well, what is this compared to what I deserve? Well, God, Lord, you can't say that, right? Because you deserve love and honor, worship, and you're met with um, cruelty and incompetence and cowardice. But our Lord sanctifies that. He turns that into a path for us so that we can, when we are met with injustice, um, that we can identify with him, that he suffers with us in those moments. And then finally, on this first stop along the way of the cross, um, that Jesus accepts the full brunt of their um, cruelty, that uh, it's, in, it's in one of the stations, uh, the meditations by St. Alphonsus Liguori, is the cruelty of his executioners is excessive, that they pour out all of their um, hatred upon him. They pull out all of their, they pour out all of their cruelty. He doesn't just get a little bit. He, he accepts the fullness of their cruelty. And so, Lord, this, you know, first step along the way, help us um, to accept the full, the full chalice destined for us. Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass for me, but not my will, but yours be done. And so, same with our Lord. Let us drain the chalice that he's prepared for each one of us, but to do it with him, uh, out of love for him. Our next stop along the way of the cross then, after our Lord is condemned to death, is that um, he accepts his cross. Jesus, the second second, uh, station, Jesus accepts his cross. And how how powerful is that? Um, He takes it up, he accepts it. Um, It's his cross now. Uh, and it's the cross upon which he'll be uh, crucified. This is the Lord who said, and we prayed with it at yesterday's daily Mass. He said, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's it. It's pretty straightforward right there. If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. And follow me. And so, along the the way of the cross um, is the necessary accepting of our cross um, to take it up. And notice what our Lord says—a uh, point to stick on daily, every single day. There's not um, not a single day without the cross. Again, it was a saying of Saint Jose Maria: "In Laetitia nulla dies." Sine cruce. I kind of put that anywhere I can. It's on the pall for the Mass. I hope to one day have an altar cloth with that written on it. In Laetitia, nulla dies sine cruce. Not a single day without rejoicing in the cross, uh, without joy in the cross. Uh, that it's every single day uh, that we, we accept the cross in Laetitia um, with rejoicing. But it's a, every, it's, there's no day off right? In the path of the Via Crucis, there's never a day off from our Lord. There's never, you know, no, uh, I don't, no cross today, right? It's my day off, right? Tomorrow is a little bit of my day off. Like, nope, no cross today. I, I'm not, not going to take that cross today, Lord. Six days a week. That's, that's good enough. Uh, no, no, not a single day 
without the cross. Deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. And so that's what we do when we pray the, the way of the cross, the Via Crucis. We follow our Lord uh, with the cross on our shoulders, right? That he's got the cross on his, and we take up our own cross, uh, and we carry it after him. St. Jose Maria, in his uh, meditations on the Stations of the Cross, which is what we're going to pray tonight, he says, Is it not true that as soon as you cease to be afraid of the cross, of what people call the cross, when you set your will to accept the will of God, then you find happiness? And all your worries, all your sufferings, physical or moral, pass away. Uh, that when we accept the cross, when we stop being afraid of it, we're able to embrace it. Why? Because Jesus is on the cross. Lord, you're, you're on the cross, and you call us to, to be with you there on the cross. Right? We're, we're supposed to be with Jesus, but Jesus is on the cross. And so that's where we need to be. We need to be on the cross with our Lord. Um, when our Lord gives us the cross, it's his way of, um, of conforming us to himself. One of the church fathers, I can't remember who, to be honest, I just heard it in a homily from someone who said it from the right church father, but I don't remember that well, um, talks about the cross is, the, is like the gardening instrument by which our Lord makes us into the good soil that can receive the word, right? So if we want to be that good soil that bears fruit, well, the gardening instrument that kind of chops up and, and breaks open the good soil, that's the cross. The cross makes us good soil. So when we are, when we suffer, um, when we have, you know, in our lives, uh, pain, physical or emotional pain, when we have difficulties, when we suffer injustice. Um, but the key with the cross is to love it. We have to embrace our cross. We can't... Um, if we try to run away from it, uh, it's still going to be there, right? The, a, lot of, a lot of our sufferings, they, they don't go away. Uh, they're still there. And so our Lord's like, just take, the, love this. This is a path by which we um, we're conformed to him and we're brought close to him. We're so close to our Lord when we're on the cross with him. And so we need to embrace our cross. Um, the cross becomes the throne from which our Lord and God reigns. Uh, it becomes his holy throne. But ultimately, even though we can embrace the cross, and even though when we embrace it and we're there with our Lord and we can love it, ultimately the cross is a big, uncomfortable, heavy uh, piece of wood. And it's, it still is, when, as we're carrying the cross after our Lord, um, ultimately where does the cross lead to? Uh, it leads to Calvary. Right, when, we, when we take up the cross, when we, when we decide we're going we're gonna to carry that cross after our Lord and with our Lord, the Via Crucis only has one end, and that's Mount Calvary. Um, that's Golgotha. That is the place where eventually our Lord gives up his life um, upon the wood of the Holy Cross. And so when we carry the cross after our Lord and we resolve to do it every single day, to follow our Lord with love and with rejoicing. We should rejoice knowing, though, that our cross, carrying our cross, will lead us ultimately to Mount Calvary. And we take up these crosses every day, day after day, with love and determination, knowing that 
never goes away. Um, rather, ultimately, the crosses we carry are crosses upon which we are one day crucified with our Lord. Um, so that sharing in uh, his death, we can share in his resurrection. You know, the Via Crucis um, kind of ends with our Lord being put in the tomb, but we all know that after Good Friday comes Easter Sunday. Uh, if we don't share in the death of Jesus, we can't share in his resurrection. And so as we continue along this path, we want our Lord to give us a deep love for his holy cross, uh, to help us to always see in the cross this relationship and conformity to our Lord, um, that every single day, we, we can repeat that, that saying with St. Jose Maria, in Letizia, nulla dies sine cruce, and not a single day without rejoicing in the cross. And so, Lord, as we um, conclude this meditation, this time of prayer, um, we ask you to give us great joy in the cross. Um, and in a special way, as we, as we walk along the Via Crucis, we walk with Our Lady. We pray the Stabat Mater. We sing the Stabat Mater in between each of the stops along the way. And uh, Our Lady walks with us. And so we ask Our Lady in a special way to, to be with us and to help us and to strengthen us along the way of the cross, um, that she, she walks right with us as she walked and was there with her son every step of the way. And so Mary, our mother, we ask you to, to walk with us and accompany us in the Via Crucis of our own lives so that with your guidance and motherly support, uh, we may truly follow the way of the cross be united to your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, now and every day of our lives.